Welcome to our Roots Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they became them and what tips they for girls of my age. Today my guest is Deborah Williams, founder of the Women's Association, an organisation pretty similar to Reach Next Generation with a similar mission to help girls fulfil their dreams and ambitions through their own girls association. Thanks for joining me today, Deborah. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role you have today? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, And I had a very interesting journey. So when I was, I would say, in secondary school, um, I wanted to be a paediatrician. And then by the time I got to, like, 16 um, years old, I realised that I actually don't like science like I didn't oh. like it at all um I kind of just picked medicine because I thought when I thought of careers when I was younger I thought accountant lawyer doctor um and teacher I guess and so for me I didn't want to be a teacher I didn't want to be a lawyer I was up in the air about accounting so I just thought let me pick medicine because I think it sounds really ambitious um yeah. and then got to 16 didn't realize I didn't like sciences didn't get the grades to do sciences in my A level. Um so I was like, okay, what can I do now? So I kind of went down the route of business and that was mainly because I didn't really know what else to pick. And so I did um I studied business for my A level at as a BTEC and I did a couple of subjects here and there as well. Um and then when I got to university I did business and management for my first degree. Okay. When I whilst I was doing that I thought okay I'm gonna go down the route of being an accountant because I realised I was really good with numbers. I didn't really enjoy working with numbers, but I knew I was good at it. So I thought, okay, accounting seems like the right career path for me. And then it was time to do my dissertation. And I was going to pick a general topic around leadership. And uh, my tutor at the time said, that topic is too broad. So kind of whittle it down a bit. And in his uh, office, we just kind of Googled leadership. And women in leadership was one of the first things to come up. So I thought, well, I'm a woman, leadership, it's, it seems like it's it'll be really interesting. And during that process, I interviewed, similarly to what you're doing, I interviewed various different women who were successful um, in their organisations and leaders in, in different ways to understand what their journey was and what their story was. And that opened my eyes to like a whole world that I just didn't know existed. And I heard a lot of difficult stories that women shared with me about experiences they had in the workplace that they needed to show extreme resilience to overcome. Um, and it just broke my heart. And the last interview I did, the woman literally burst into tears whilst I was speaking to her. And I just thought to myself, like, this is such a big issue. And I wasn't confident at the time I really really lacked confidence um didn't really have strong self-belief and so I just felt like I don't know if there's anything that exists to solve this problem yeah so I wanted to be part of the solution and that's where how I started I started doing events uh, where I invited women to share their stories with uh, university students and then from there it just grew and I went back to study and yeah then I founded the Women's Association in 2019. 
Well, you've definitely had quite a varied career path from thinking that you wanted to be in medicine to doing numbers and now what you are doing today. Yeah. To ask, aside from medicine and being a lawyer and possibly accounting, when you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be or did that happen maybe more later in life? I think when I was in school, I felt like I had to know. And so because I felt like I had to know, I painted a career path for myself that wasn't actually authentic to me it was just what I felt I should say um so if teachers ask what do you want to be when you grow up I want to be a doctor oh that sounds great that was kind of the responses I was getting but I didn't really have a clear idea until I would say around 2018-19 oh. I was completing my final uh year because I did two masters at the same time which is a crazy, a crazy thing to do. Um, so I did an MBA uh, and I also did a master in gender and women's studies. Mm-hmm. And it was only from that that I really started to understand what I wanted to do. And at that time, obviously, I'm 30 now. So that was like 26, 27 years old where I started to have a clear idea. Um, and I think if I put less pressure on myself when I was younger, I probably would have been able to explore more at that time it was only because as I got older with the more information I got I realized that I don't have to have it all figured out I can figure it out as I go along so yeah that's kind of how my journey took me to where I am now really yeah well obviously if you're like seven you have no idea what you want to do so I guess because maybe you felt pressured it was harder to think or something like that yeah no 100% it was I feel like even now when I work with um, young girls, there is this pressure to have an answer, like have a very clear answer. Um, And what I always encourage them to do is just explore and be free to explore and like just enjoy where the journey takes you because it can literally take you to anywhere. Like there are so many roles that exist in the working world now that I never heard of when I was younger and I never even knew was a possibility. So I think being able to just be free to dream and enjoy wherever that dream takes you is such a powerful thing for the younger generation to have in mind. Of course. So I know that you went to Lancaster University, but how important do you think it actually is to go to university, especially since there's loads of apprenticeship schemes through companies nowadays? So I think for me and for my path, university was amazing. Um in the sense that I genuinely enjoy learning um, and I think there's such a power in being educated and educated doesn't necessarily take its form only through university. Um, There are various ways you can be educated but for me I think university was a great step um, to being educated because as I mentioned I didn't have great confidence in myself. Um, I really struggled with self-belief and I think when I first went to uni, I went to Hull. Uh, so I was like thrust into a whole new environment and had to really figure out who I was. Um, but I still really struggled. And then when I went to Lancaster to do my Master in Gender and Women's Studies, I did that as well as um, doing the MBA, as I mentioned, at Open University. So I would commute to Lancaster weekly um, to go and study for two years. And it was it was an amazing um, experience to be so intentional about studying because before I wasn't intentional about it I just did it because I was told I had to 
yeah but this time I really made a decision and I think when you are intentional about studying and about learning what you get out of any environment that you're in is so much more powerful than when you just do it because you feel like you have to um I think university doesn't work for everybody and I think it's amazing that we have various different options now for different people um but I I I feel like in any environment whether it's going to buy like groceries from the shop or with me with when I spend time with my two-year-old son there is always a moment to learn and I feel like if you always put yourself in a position of um a student then no matter what environment you're in you'll always be able to take something away and for some people that might be an apprenticeship scheme for others that might be going straight into work and learning on the job for me it was university yeah so I read that you were also involved with the Black British Network and 56 Black Black Men so as part of our Reach Next Generation we also look at diversity and opportunity from for young girls from the Black and Minority communities but do you think that we are seeing a more inclusive society since the Black Lives Matter conversation started? It's a great question. Um, I feel like we're seeing we're seeing a difference, but I don't feel like we're seeing real change yet. Yeah. Um, I think where we were before the murder of George Floyd in some ways is very different to where we are now um but I don't feel like we've taken steps towards making real change and I think um I was actually at a round table last week talking about how far like what have we done two years post the murder of George Floyd and um I was saying that I feel for a lot of people that was the first time they saw such a horrific incident happened and it was at a time where the whole world was basically stood still because of covid and the pandemic and lockdown mm-hmm. and so anything we saw it was you would digest it a lot more than before because you didn't have as much distractions as many distractions um but i think for a lot of people um that was it was almost like okay now i know what racism is so i know how to fix it but the reality is that is one manifestation of racism and that is one thing that happened in 2020. But there has been years of racism, systemic racism that have um, plagued our world. And yeah. so ultimately, you can't take one example of racism and say, because of this, I now know how to fix broken systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I now know how to improve the world for black people, um, because in actual fact, there's so much more learning to still um, do before you could really say I think we now have a chance to create a solution um, and I think also racism takes forms in different ways in different countries so in the UK um, a lot of people were kind of like the UK isn't that bad like that I can't imagine that happening in the UK but I like I know for myself and for other people in the black community we face racism all the time it doesn't have to be um, someone kneeling on your neck but it, it it is very difficult to deal with and manage. So I think yeah, there's still yeah. a lot more learning that needs to be done. There's still a lot more conversations that need to be had. Um, I think 2020 opened the door for conversation, um, but it's almost like we're going back to the world being normal 
And so there's so many things that are um, are louder. Um, Whereas at that time, it was a very loud conversation. And now the noise has kind of been drowned out by other things. And so I feel like we need to make make the noise again, basically. And then last. Well, talking about things getting back to normal, obviously we have all been hit by COVID. um, But how have you had to deal with the COVID-19 issues, both personally and professionally? So it's actually interesting because I decided I wanted to set up the Women's Association in 2019. Yes. I my plan was to launch the executive challenge which is one of the programs we do and a campaign called for the woman in March 2020 um and obviously as you know March 2020 is when we all were locked down so it was very difficult and I was all, also I think six months pregnant at the time Oof. so it was it was one of those things where I knew that time was against me but I was really trying to battle just to get something out there um, so that people can see what we're about um, but then I got COVID and obviously at that time there wasn't a lot of information or resources on how to overcome it and um, being pregnant there were so many more concerns around having COVID so I literally had to slow down I had to take a step back and I was just like okay I need to focus on my health my baby's health first and then I'll come back to to business um, yeah. and I my son was born on the 8th of June um, and then I kind of started doing work again three weeks after he was born okay. um, so it was a very strange time like a very yeah strange process but one of the great things for me is that the executive challenge I feel um, propelled in a way that I didn't I couldn't have comprehended um, initially the executive challenge was supposed to be like a physical experience only but because of COVID, we were able to create something that was even more in depth. So the program now is a Zoom call uh, with an executive. So a girl will get to meet an executive over Zoom. She will get mentored for six months and, and she'll also get work experience in summer. So it's a lot more robust than the in, initial intention. Um, yeah. And we started with three girls um, on the program and we quickly jumped to like 50 something by the end of 2020 which was like it blew my mind because I didn't even anticipate so much growth so it was yeah it was great professionally like with my business personally it was great as well because I um, experienced postpartum depression and I think because I was able to spend time alone like in my own space with my family um, during lockdown I feel like there wasn't so much pressures for me to have to perform have to entertain people that's coming over to want to see the baby mm-hmm. or take him to like play groups and stuff like that I was just able to feel my feelings and work through them in my own space um so yeah it was helpful personally as well uh when we were told that we were going to have lockdown over Christmas that was very difficult yeah at that point I was just ready to get out and feel normal again uh, but that was very, very difficult. But again, we, I just had to push through it. And I've got a great supportive family network. So that helps as well. I guess we're all very thankful that it it seems like it's over. And let's hope that it fully is. Because we've yeah. had way too many lockdowns than we can count. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
So I, you told me that you started a campaign in 2020 called For the Women. Can you tell me a little bit more about that campaign and the series that came from it? Yeah. So uh, before I started the Women's Association, what was really important for me was to build up research and mm-hmm. understand what exists for women and girls and where there are gaps. Because what I didn't want to do is just to run a business for the sake of it. Because, like I said, I was someone that's extremely shy. And I feel like, to some degree, outside of business, I am still very shy. So if I'm going to step out and do something, it needs to be, it needs to really serve the community that I'm saying it serves. Mm-hmm. So I did focus groups with women. And I also did focus groups with girls. And one of the biggest conversations that came up with girls was... um I guess the disconnect between their perception of what the working world looks like and what the working world actually is um, and the different roles that women sit in. Um, And oftentimes you see women that have changed the world being spotlighted, uh, top 100 women in their industry, or you see 30 women to watch out for, for example. And when I was talking to a lot of girls, they were talking about the pressure to have to be great all the time um, and to have to want to be a CEO or change maker for you to be noticed. And so I wanted to change that. I felt like women should be celebrated and should be um, uh, recognised and spotlighted regardless of whether or not you become a CEO um, or you break a glass ceiling or not, because there are some amazing women that I've met that are receptionists, that are PAs, that are engineers, lawyers, and I feel like they should be spotlighted. And and if we're going to tell girls to dream, we need to give them as much information as opposed to telling them dream big. And the only idea of dreaming big they see is a female CEO. And so that ultimately becomes the goal. Mm -hmm. And I think also from back in the day, when you look at how the media has worked with its portrayal of women, you see that... um, that the idea of women however long ago was women at home doing domestic and household duties um women doing kind of caring jobs but you didn't really see all the other types of women that existed and I didn't want us to do the same thing where we only show one idea of a woman because ultimately that's all a lot of girls will look at and aspire to be so our first series we had um like around seven different companies uh, we spotlighted 110 women and the second series we had I think around seven companies again and we spotlighted 82 women that range we had CEOs in the photo series we had receptionists we had um, lawyers accountants engineers just women from various different backgrounds with various different job titles just yeah. to show that there's not one idea of success for women there are so many different routes available well, as you said, sometimes you can feel pressured to be like the best. If someone says you have to be the best you can be, then you, of course, automatically think of the best you could be instead of the best you want to be. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. So throughout your career, have you had any mentors or have there been anyone that you particularly admire? Um. Yes. So there's a woman, Um. her name's Fiona. Um, she, I met her, I think five or six years ago when I hadn't even decided what I was going to do, uh, for a career. 
and I just told her some of what I was thinking and she literally supported me throughout that journey with regards to making introductions to people um, and just giving me an insight into the business world in more depth uh, because I never worked in the corporate world I went from uni to doing the business um, so she gave me real insight and has just been has become like literally a family friend like she supports me 110 percent which is amazing um but also my husband he's very um he just he's just such a great mind someone to really like bounce ideas off of he's amazing when it comes to business and um understanding how to develop a business from a small idea to something great um and so I, I think he's been like amazing like he was the first person to say email if you want to get a meeting if you want to work with a company email the CEO and obviously being really shy and not having confidence I was like no way like why in the world would a CEO respond to my email like who am I um but I did it and a lot of the conversations and relationships I built was off the back of me taking a step to do that and that came from him encouraging me so yeah I'd say those two okay so finally, what tips would you give girls when they start to think about maybe their own careers and their own futures? I think it goes back to what I was saying before. Um, don't don't put pressure on yourself to have a clear answer. Yeah. Uh, be very open to exploring. Even if you say, I've known since I was a kid that I want to be a doctor, still be open to exploring because there are so many different avenues that you can um you can find fulfillment and purpose in and it might not be with the job title you have in mind there might be another job title that you didn't even know existed um yeah. where you can find the same amount of fulfillment and purpose and so I would just say be open to exploring I know that sometimes education can put pressure on you um to be perfect and have the best grades just try to be open Try and take control of your your journey as much as you can um, and read, like get as much information to help inform what you're doing. Plug yourself into great programs um, that exist and just be really intentional about your journey, because ultimately only you have. Only you will take your journey. Other people might inform your journey, but only you will go down that path, whatever path you choose. So try and be as intentional as possible. Of course. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Deborah. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own careers. So keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. And thank you to our fantastic sponsors, Levi Strauss, Barclays, Ideal Standard, Sage PLC and Haynes Watts.